The Musaf Sacrifices by Rav Yonatan Grossman Translation by David Silverberg The latter part of Parashat Pinchas presents the lengthy list of sacrifices to be offered on Shabbat and the festivals. Generally, this somewhat monotonous and cumbersome listing exhausts both reader and listener, who anxiously await the end of the tedious enumeration of the sheep, rams, and cows offered on various occasions. However, a closer examination of this technical roster of sacrifices reveals that behind the detail lies a fundamental perspective as to the essence of the festivals. In this shiur, we attempt to look behind the surface and uncover the messages latent in the Musaf sacrifices of the various holidays on our calendar. The term Musaf means addition, that which has been added to the normal state of affairs. The Musaf sacrifice is entitled such as it comes in addition to the standard daily sacrifices. Each day, one sheep is offered in the morning, the Tamid Shel Shachar, and one in the late afternoon, the Tamid Shel Ben Ha'arbaim. No sacrifices were offered prior to the morning Tamid, nor was any offering brought upon the altar after the afternoon Tamid, with the exception of the Korban Pesach. Thus, in effect, the two Tamid offerings opened and closed the daily service in the temple. In Parashat Shrumah, the Torah introduces the commandment regarding the Tamid as part of its discussion of the altar. This association suggests that this korban constitutes part of the basic definition of the altar, or at least the service conducted on the altar. As stated earlier, special korbanot are offered on Shabbat and festivals in addition to the daily Tamid offerings, and they must be brought only after the morning Tamid. For this reason, the Musaf prayer that we recite on Shabbat and Yom Tov, which commemorates the Musaf sacrifice, is always recited after the Shacharit service, which commemorates the morning Tamid. A closer look at the various Musaf sacrifices shows a variety of systems of the Musaf sacrifice, which may point to a corresponding variety of types of festivals. In other words, the Musaf sacrifices may enhance our understanding of the Jewish calendar with its various holidays. The following is a list of the sacrifices to be offered at their respective times, grouped by the numbers of animals. Shabbat, two sheep. Rosh Chodesh, seven sheep, two bulls, one ram. Chag HaMatzot, seven sheep, two bulls, one ram. Shavuot, seven sheep, two bulls, one ram. Rosh Hashanah, seven sheep, one bull, one ram. Yom Kippur, seven sheep, one bull, one ram. Shmini Atzeret, seven sheep, one bull, one ram, and Sukkot, fourteen sheep, thirteen to seven bulls, in descending order from the first day, and two rams. Thus, three distinct types of festivals emerge. On Shabbat, only two sheep are offered. In other words, the basic daily sacrifice, the Tamid, which consists of one sheep, is merely doubled. No rams or bulls are offered, as is the case on the festivals. Although Shabbat assumes its place among the sacred days of the calendar, it remains separate from the other holidays. This duality with regard to the nature of Shabbat is manifest in the presentation of the Shabbat and festivals in Parashat Emor as well. The other festivals may thus be classified into two distinct groups, according to the number of bulls sacrificed thereupon. The common denominator uniting all the festivals regards the number of sheep, seven, and the number of rams, one. Later, we will examine the Musaf of Sukkot, the obvious exception. The point of difference, then, is with regard to the number of bulls, 
Thus, the festivals may be grouped as follows. The first group, Rosh Chodesh, Chag HaMatzot, and Shavuot, two bowls. And the second group, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and Shemini Atzeret, one bowl. In order to properly understand the underlying significance of this classification, we must first try to identify the beginning of the Jewish year. The Torah states in Parashat Bo, This month shall mark for you the beginning of the months. It shall be the first of the months of the year for you. Here, the month of Nisan seems to mark the beginning of the calendar year. However, as we all know, Rosh Hashanah, the new year, is observed six months later, on the first of Tishrei. This calendar arrangement, with Tishrei marking the new year, emerges from a different verse in Sefer Shemot. And the Feast of Engathering, Sukkot, at the end of the year, when you gather in the results of your work from the field. Sukkot is presented here as occurring towards the end of the year. Evidently, the Jewish calendar features two different new years, one in Nisan and the other in Tishrei. I would like to suggest that the two systems of Karbanot, i.e. the two types of festivals that we have encountered directly relate to this duality within the Jewish calendar. The first system relates to the festivals of Nisan, i.e. the festivals of the Exodus from Egypt. The institution of Rosh Chodesh was established simultaneous to God's instructions to Moshe and Aharon with regard to the Exodus. Chag HaMatzot commemorates the Exodus, and Shavuot which was never given a calendar date and is observed always 50 days after Chag HaMatzot, comprises a continuation of this process of recalling the exodus from Egypt. Correspondingly, the second system of festivals involves exclusively the month of Tishrei. It consists of Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and Shemini Atzeret, all of which occur during this month. This distinction is expressed by the different sacrifices offered on the holidays of each respective group. Now, we must turn our attention to the more complex Musaf sacrifice of Sukkot. At least with regard to the rams and sheep, the Musaf offering of Sukkot is simply double that of the other festivals. It requires 14 sheep as opposed to the seven of the other holidays, and its two rams double the single ram of the other Musaf sacrifices. We must therefore view Sukkot as a double festival, one which incorporates two smaller festivals therein it would seem that this double nature evolves from the two distinct systems outlined above. In other words, Sukkot is observed both in the Tishrei year as well as in the Nisan year. The reason is clear. On the one hand, Sukkot commemorates the Exodus. In order that future generations may know that I made the Israelite people live in booths seven days, thus warranting its inclusion in the Nisan system of festivals. Concurrently, though, Sukkot obviously belongs in the Tishrei group, as it follows Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur and occurs on the 15th of Tishrei. Thus, Sukkot features a complex system of Musaf sacrifices. This dichotomy of Sukkot expresses itself in Parashat Emor as well. The Torah there presents and discusses all the festivals, concluding with Sukkot. Following its treatment of Sukkot, the Torah summarizes... These are the set times of God that you shall celebrate as sacred occasions. After this conclusion, though, the Torah once again commands the observance of Sukkot. Mark, on the fifteenth day of the seventh month, when you have gathered in the yield of your land, you shall observe the festival of God seven days. Thus, the Chumash presents two commandments with respect to Sukkot, corresponding to the dual nature of this particular festival. 
This issue of the repeated discussion of Sukkot in Vayikra is a vast topic well beyond the scope of this shiur. The listener is referred to the analysis of Rav Mordechai Breuer in Pirkei Mo'adot. The issue of the bull offerings, which require 13 through 7 bulls in descending order over the course of the festival, seems to relate to an entirely different concept. As this topic warrants independent treatment, we will simply remark that the Torah may have specifically required the offering of seven bulls on the seventh day. These two categories of festivals present before the Jew two fundamental experiences, expressed by and during the festivals. First, the Jew is called upon to experience his nation's history and commemorate events of the past, specifically the exodus from Egypt and the revelation at Sinai. Simultaneously, the individual faces the present reality, specifically his agricultural concerns, and beseeches the Almighty for success in his endeavors. This sense manifests itself most acutely in Tishrei, the beginning of the agricultural year. Thus, the listing of the sacrifices in Parashat Pinchas expresses the nature of the various festivals and the relationships between them. We have not dealt with the specific numbers themselves, why the Torah ordained specifically seven sheep and two rams. Our goal here was to demonstrate the differences between the various festivals and how these distinctions reflect the essence of each respective category of holidays. In effect, within both systems, man confronts the reality designed by the Almighty. However, this confrontation contains two distinct but complementary features. During the festivals of Nisan, the individual faces the events that characterize the formation of the Jewish people and expresses his gratitude to God. In contrast, the festivals of Tishrei have the Jews stand directly before the Almighty and request his assistance. Both systems are founded on the same principle, God's boundless dominion over the universe and the events that transpire therein. Whereas during the festivals of Nisan, the Jewish experience focuses on the events themselves, the festivals of Tishrei feature a direct encounter with God.